When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Positively Trek with your hosts, Dan Gunther and Barry DeFord. It has been a crazy month. Uh, you may have noticed we haven't been around for podcasts the last couple of weeks, but uh, we're going to make up for lost time here because I think we've got a really important episode to bring you. So first of all, Barry DeFord, the newly married co-host of Positively Trek. Welcome back and congratulations, my friend. Well, thank you so much, Dan. And I re- really, re- really appreciated um, you and Nikki coming to the wedding. Um, we love to have you and um, really just it meant a lot. Uh, the whole day I've been kind of it's funny. Uh, my wife and I have been talking very much about how we've like relived little moments of the day and um, have sort of been intentionally doing it. So she and I will actually like sit down and, and talk a little bit about the day and how it meant and what it meant to us. And we've reread our our vows to each other um Mm. and i think that's really important as well so you know it's been good we've been traveling we've been going from place to place um i haven't watched a hot minute of strange new worlds yet and that will be (laughs) rectified starting tomorrow morning i have uh i have no prior engagements so i'm going to get all caught up uh tomorrow morning so I'm, i'm very excited for that so sorry i can't talk about strange new worlds but obviously i'm a person with eyes and a um social media account so i do know that boimler i am aware <laughs> that boimler and mariner make a uh, a surprise appearance and i have spotted some other pieces um that maybe have somewhat spoiled it but i'm still really really here for it so i'm really looking forward to that excellent i cannot wait to talk to you about those episodes uh luckily of course this isn't an episode review podcast so no worries about that uh we keep the spoilers to uh, a minimum as far as that is concerned anyway. Uh, so yeah, seriously though, text me as soon as you've watched those episodes. <laughs> well, I mean, it, who knows? It's uh, it is the, uh, the, the summer holidays for us and we have a bit of, a bit of extra time here and there, perhaps uh, even having a, a co-viewing might be, might be in order. Um, that would be really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to do things a little differently in this episode. And usually we start out with all of the news and and things going on in the Star Trek universe. And we will get to that later in the episode. Uh, But there is, of course, a big thing going on right now in the world of Hollywood and production all across uh, North America, basically. And that is, of course, the writer's strike, what started as the WGA writer's strike, but has now expanded to the SAG-AFTRA strike as well, as the actors have now joined the writers on the picket line. And as you can imagine, this has a big impact on Star Trek and everything else to do with that business. More importantly, on the lives and the livelihoods of those writers and actors who are taking part. So I kind of want to start us off in this episode talking about that because I have some feelings and some twistiness in my guts about 
you know, what our role should be in all of that and what's going on. And, and so I'm kind of opening this up for a general discussion between the two of us, because Barry, I know you are someone who is very thoughtful and uh, very measured in how you think of these things and also coming uh, to it from, you know, a, a perspective of solidarity with striking workers in this case the writers and actors as do i of course so yeah let's uh let's talk about that yeah <laughs> well maybe we could start by by um just building a little bit of a context and a framework here um before we kind of b go further and, and and move into all the different pieces it's basically i want to make sure that we set a course here um as we go forward and you've you've added some pieces in here that that can help us in the outline but i think maybe something that we all maybe need to start in, in agreement with is the reason for the strike has a lot to do with the new contradicting conditions that streaming has done for how revenue is taken in for episodes for commercials um and our relationship to media has become um extremely highly connected over a brief period of time and i mean like we were all alive you and i and i think most of us were alive for that sort of transitional shift in the in the 2000s from you know going and buying a hard dvd from somewhere or getting it from netflix in the mail or something to just making it a streaming thing through the teens and i think what we've basically done is that frontier has kind of reached its logical limits for revenue and again i've mentioned this in previous in the previous episode that in economy all profit will always skew downward it always skews to zero <clears throat> and mm -hmm. milton friedman would tell you that as much as as karl marx would tell you that if i could put it that way like right wing or whatever liberal communist like that's an understanding of how economies work that isn't a, a, a ideological belief um, mm -hmm. necessarily so the the immediate response by the shareholders is to find ways to ensure that none of their income is 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 affected right and i think that's the first thing we need to just say as a down like as like the foundation here is that you and i can agree that the way in which this is getting handled especially for actors and writers is they've been done very very dirty they are not getting a fair shake mm -hmm. and they are how very quickly these dear, near and dear people to us, writers and actors, are very much cast aside by the by the larger people. Um, and I think we as Star Trek fans, having good community with our Star Trek actor friends and, and neighbors, you know, like STLV is under a few days away from the time of recording. And um, it's probably happening when this gets released, I would imagine. I remember walking down the hallway and just saying hello to Nicole DeBoer and just being like, hello. And she's like, hi there. And like, it was just a friendly little interaction that, lasted the, the 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 walk right and then that was it but we have to understand that these are these are people who aren't making as much as like brad pitt or like the super actors and stuff like that like they are a lot of these actors are are not making a lot a lot of actors don't have job security to begin with um so they deserve this this action i think and i think you can agree and i hope that you know if you are a person listening to this this is where we're coming from so anything said further from here if you disagree definitely let us know talk to us but understand mm -hmm. that like we aren't going to be playing both sides of the story we're not going to be talking about both sides of it um, i'm a very biased person and i just wear that bias on my sleeve so i'm going to shut up now but <laughs> that's where i'm coming from that this is a legit strike 
we have to be in solidarity. Most of the actors who suffer under these horrible conditions and pay don't make a hell of a lot of money. Um, and if you're like, don't worry about Margot Robbie um, or Killian Murphy. <laughs> like, they're fine. Um, also, mm. mad props to Killian Murphy for freaking just walking out of an event or something once he heard it was yeah. happening. Like, mad props to that guy. Absolutely. Um, but like, they'll be fine. I'm worried about your actor who's, you know, got a bit part on young Sheldon or something like that. Right. Like that's, that's who we're, that's who we're really fighting for here. Right. Yeah. There's even, there's so many stories that are coming out because there is this public perception that persists that actors are the richest of the rich and they make millions. And that's true for a very small subset of actors. Like, less than a tenth of 1% kind of thing. Yeah. So I've been seeing this kind of online and stuff. And I mean, how much of that is actual real people and how much of that is bad actors and by bad actors, I don't mean, <laughs> wait, maybe that's the wrong phrase to use. I don't mean good people pun. who act, but uh, yeah, people who are maybe uh, kind of doing some, um, let's just say disturbing out there in the social media landscape that are trying to stoke things or whatever. But it's it's not true. Actors on the whole are starving, yeah. <laughs> like most artists, right? So uh, it's, it's definitely a misconception. And also uh, regarding what you were saying about where you're coming from and your bias and stuff, this is where, you know, a lot of different organizations would say the views expressed by the hosts do not necessarily no it's it's not true the the views expressed by both of us and i am in complete agreement with my co-host barry here uh, do reflect the feelings of positively trek <laughs> so yeah that's where we stand for sure and i think where we're coming from here you know has a lot to do with with the 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 quarterly business commodity culture that that we can be critical of and, and i don't want to get us wallowed into that mire here we're here to talk about the strike itself and mm-hmm. i think we're here to talk about how that affects star trek and and i think you know we can draw a very material and concrete line to the canceling of prodigy um the sudden and very callous canceling might i add of, mm-hmm. of star trek prodigy like literally taking the thing that could be you know the the investment stock that they could put in keeping star trek going for the next 25 years by getting the next gen generation pun intended um interested it gives you an idea of just how much you know the actors have come forward and said you know oh being an actor in star trek has been a f- character building informative experience for me like i'll never forget forget max max Grudanchik when he talked about how like rom has made him a better person right mm. and and that's so and like he burst into tears right like he's the man i want to be and i'm like holy hell like that's that's absolutely amazing but like the shareholders of Paramount don't give a flying F about any of that. And, and, and like, you know, a CEO, their fiduciary duty is to ensure profit for the shareholders. That's the job of a, of a chief executive officer. And so, you know, we can get mad about this and say like, well, they're being meanies and all this sort of stuff, or we can get real and we can stand up. Like we have to also understand that there are other strikes happening. There's been strikes with Starbucks. And I think there's the same um, idea of like, oh, well, a barista, like what work do they really do? They just make my coffee. They don't need a, a medical health plan. What the hell? Right. Like that is, again, just that rugged individualistic, um, you know, undisconnected idea that no, some people like 
a minimum wage needs to be a livable wage. You can't Mm -hmm. like, yeah, you're making coffee. Well, if they're just making coffee for you and it's this useless, meaningless job, well then do it yourself. Right. Like, but even there, right. Like we're, we're getting rid of checkout people. Um, and so there's all these self checkout grocery store checkout places and, and people are stealing food because it's super expensive. So now they're trying to go back to having cashiers again, because it's all this sort of stuff where you, you really start to see the people at the top who have all the money and are pulling all the strings. They don't know what they're doing. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. and it is important for actors and for workers and, you know, UPS is, is also going on strike, uh, as well, as far as I understand, uh, for, for the horrible. And again, that connects to how much their jobs have changed since the advent of people like ordering stuff, you know, and just getting it delivered to their door. So Mm -hmm. what this really truly is, and coming from a perspective like myself, having a lot of political background, um, the material conditions that have brought us here, uh, it all really makes sense. Um, people are getting written out of the, the equation so that people with a lot can keep having a lot and they're not going to take it. And I, I fully support that. And I fully believe that that is what we as Star Trek fans have to look at is if we truly love the people who tell us our stories, writers and actors alike, uh, if we truly love them and we truly want what's best for them and they're, you know, making these meaningful connections with us, then, then we, we need to stand in solidarity with them and maybe look at our own jobs and our own lives and our own places of work and, and our own functions in our society and, and, and wonder as well, like, are we, are we getting a fair shake? You know, I mean, I don't want to incite strike. That's not what I'm doing. Um, Mm -hmm. but maybe this can raise all of our consciousness a little bit, right. And make us think a little more and less, less about the inconvenience. Like strikes are supposed to be inconvenient. They're supposed, like, that's the point, right? Like, Mm -hmm. uh, they're not dinner parties where everyone just, you know, looks at each other and agrees. It's not that Pepsi commercial where one of the Jenners, I think like hands a cop a Pepsi and everyone's friends again or something like that's not (laughs) how it works, right? Like people are going to get punched, right? People are going to get hurt. Um, you know, people, friendships are going to go crazy. You know, like some people are going to have to foreclose on their mortgage. Like that one CEO said in, in that very like cavalier kind of way of like, Oh, let's just watch them lose their houses. I mean, I will say a a successful strike starts a decade before the strike actually starts. So I am hopeful that, um, these unions are capable and have a war chest ready. And, and, you know, yeah, maybe like, you know, Ron Perlman saying what he said, well, you know, if he does have a bit more money or if these other actors do, well then saddle up and, and, and mm-hmm. help and help your fellow union members if you can, if you've got the money. Absolutely. Uh, you made a really interesting point and, and a point that I saw echoed in a recent brilliant video by friend of the podcast, Steve Shives. Yeah. And, yeah, great guy. Love you, Steve. Uh, he made this video recently about CEOs and and the people in charge of these media companies that produce the shows and films that we all love. His his point, and it, it never really drove home to me what that perspective is like of that CEO, and <laughs> it's really fascinating. He recounted this uh, anecdote that he'd heard from an actor that he loved um, from or a writer, sorry, on the television show, The Fugitive and how, you know, the studio is going to end the show after a certain number of seasons, whatever it was going to come to an end. They said it was it was going to finish and they went to the studio and said, well, we need to make, you know, we have the, this is going to be our final episode. We have to wrap up all these storylines in a really satisfactory way. And the CEO basically said, why is that 
something people care about. I didn't <laughs> like, and yeah, like this was a show that was watched by like a quarter of the population of the United States at the time. They want closure. They want closure. They, they actually, and the, the CEO couldn't wrap his mind around the fact that people cared about these characters that were fake, that just appeared on their flickering boxes every night, every week. And to them, it's a product that they're putting out and they're selling. They're not interested. And I mean, there are exceptions. There are always exceptions that prove the rule, but for the most part, the, the, the big overarching entity that is the studio isn't concerned with the creativity, the work, the, the passion that goes into making these things that most writers and most actors put into it when they're creating this product that they're going to now sell and make money off of. It was a really fascinating video. I will absolutely link it in the show notes. Uh, it's such a good video, but really drove home to me the perspective and, and, and how it's, it's really hard to see things from the other side's perspective, regardless of which side you're on. Because to me, that mindset is completely alien. Like I can't imagine not knowing that people care about characters on a show. <laughs> like, of course they do. Um, but with regards to Star Trek, there's this passion and this work and this love that's put into the show and the films by the people who create it. And I'm, I'm torn, honestly, between honoring that commitment and that work by continuing to promote these shows and to talk about them and and expound the, the things that I love about the latest episode of, of strange new worlds and the things that I didn't like so much. And I'm wondering what are your thoughts on what we should be doing as far as solidarity with the strike. And there's, there's a few different perspectives out there. One, and I, I tried to find this tweet and I couldn't, I can't remember if it was, uh, Terry Metalis or Aaron Waltke. It was one of the writers on either prodigy or Picard who is basically saying, in response to somebody asking him, basically saying that there's no general boycott being asked for right now. Please enjoy the shows. Please talk about them. And he also mentioned that, you know, media is not part of the union and it's actually helpful to the people who have made these shows to get people to still continue to watch them and continue to drive those numbers up because it will show the studios that, the work that they've put into these shows is worth something and it's profitable and they will want to continue making these things with the writers and the actors. And then there's the other side of me that's thinking like, you know, the actors aren't allowed to promote anything. They're not allowed to do interviews. They're not allowed to uh, do any kind of press junkets are, should we be doing that as well or not? <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I am not a member of any acting or writing union. I am. So that's that's the first bit. <laughs> um, so I'm not beholden to any of the rules within their collective agreement or mm -hmm. their union charter. So I would say, first of all, Dan, you're off the hook there in, in that sense. But in terms Legally of... Legally speaking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Morally in, speaking, though. <laughs> well, in terms of solidarity, I think... We now are going to have two episodes under our belts that we talk very openly about how much we support the actors and the writers in their strike and how we have encouraged people to look into it more and find ways to show their solidarity um, and then to, you know, broaden that. And so I think 
I think this is how you do it, right? Is, you know, we aren't going to blithely could just talk about Star Trek still without bringing this up. And if I could bring up one thing as well, there are a lot of people who have put a lot of love into Star Trek and, and all that sort of stuff. And then there are also just some actors who really just needed a job. And I'm mm-hmm. super happy that they were able to f- land a job and a role in Star Trek. And I hope it was good. Um, and I hope their needs were met. Right. I think that's the other piece of it too, is that like, this is, this is also people who are just trying to make a freaking living. Yeah. And if they are not able to do that, if they're worried, like the other problem with AI and stuff like that, and I've looked into this more, is this idea that, that you do have these extremely disconnected, wildly out of touch CEOs who believe themselves to be these individuals who just wander the earth and encounter, you know, this and that. I should talk to you about, I, I read a thing about Elon Musk encountering a pop tart and apparently it, at a, at a hotel and, and it was apparently very funny because he just kept burning himself um but anyways oh my god they, they, they aren't very <laughs> um adept at all of those things and 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 i'm not saying that every single ceo is but you have to be a little sociopathic to be able to always make profit your bottom line i'm sorry like whether you are or aren't i'm not saying that um but there are certain tendencies you have to be pretty cutthroat um to be in that kind of p- position and so mm. I think we also have to acknowledge the fact that some of our Star Trek actors are just trying, like, they have a job, and that's their job, and they'd love, you know, they'd love to land something that's long-term, but they don't really care if it's Star Trek. Um, I do find that some actors, after some time with Star Trek, end up becoming sort of, like, fans, and I think it has a lot to do, and it's a credit to our fandom. But Mm -hmm. ultimately, we need to talk about Star Trek. We need to keep talking about how important this specific um, franchise genre is is and and start you know maybe imagining as well like you know can we tell these stories without some kind of profit-driven bottom line um the answer is a very emphatic yes right you there are a ton of star trek fan films and tv shows and and you know controversy notwithstanding obviously there's a couple of elephants in the room when it comes to star trek fan-made films and the people who made those fan films being what turns out to be absolutely wretched human beings. Um, Mm -hmm. But in that respect, it still exists and it's still possible and Paramount turned a blind eye for a number of years and, and, and all that sort of stuff. So it is possible to tell, I think, meaningful, lasting, memorable Star Trek stories without a profit motive. So moving forward, I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. I think ultimately we also need to tighten our belts a little bit and not expect a lot of movement over the next little while, but you know, we as Star Trek fans have been super lucky since the dawn of discovery. And I have to say it's been an extremely good ride having so much Star Trek to constantly look forward to, to the point that I'm unable to personally keep up with it. (laughs) So if it means we need to wait a year, if it means we need to wait, wait two years, if it means we have to wait, you know, however long it takes for these actors and writers to, be able to be gainfully employed and have a fair shake for the job and the work they do, then that's fine. And that's where we as podcasters can come in. We can, we can scratch that Star Trek itch to some degree with our communication and conversation while the actors fight for what they want, because the CEOs and the companies, they can't touch us, right? We're Mm. not doing anything illegal and they're not going to tell us not to talk about their brand. They've got money to make, don't they? So ultimately Maybe that's what we all can do on the socials, podcasters, you know, whatever, but also just you listening to us, like go on and engage in Star Trek community stuff, 
right? Mm-hmm. And 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 talk about it, but don't don't leave the actors and the writers out. Make sure you bring it up. Be like, wow, I sure wish this strike would stop so we'd get some more cool Star Trek. You know, like stick it to them a little bit, but also yeah. know that we're going to have to be patient. And our you know our financial livelihoods aren't on the line here, so it's the least we can do. So that's what I yeah. would say is actually let's let's ramp it up. Let's you know let's do that and if if this is a thing and maybe our platform isn't the biggest in in the universe but if there are podcasters out there who want to talk to the union about getting a star trek actor on representing the union talking about what they what their demands are and stuff like that well hell yeah look at the star trek actors who are standing up and 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 being a part of it right like mm-hmm. i saw i think it was Sinequa martin green and i mean I've, I've seen a lot with anthony rapp but i mean yeah like note my complete lack of surprise that anthony rapp is the goat but anyway <laughs> <laughs> um but you know it's it's those kinds of things where where yeah i mean like i think you know Again, anyone who's in podcasting, I think, should also be in Star Trek podcasting, should also be doing this as being like, okay, well, let's platform the strikers. Let's mm-hmm. make sure that their voices are heard and we get that message out. Because that's the other thing is I think there are people who are frustrated or who will be frustrated by this. But it, that, that comes for a lot more from a, a lack of education and a lack for understanding the conditions, right? Like there's mm-hmm. going to be some people pretty pissed off that their their items aren't going to be found by the UPS uh, or not going to be delivered by, uh, by UPS in the coming year you know, weeks and stuff, as long as they're having a strike. But, um, I, I would be pretty sure that if anyone saw the conditions in which UPS workers were working, um, they would probably be like, Oh, hell yeah, you, you, you should be striking. Actually. That's horrible. Well, also I want to do a special shout out to Michelle Hurd, uh, Rafi Musiker from Star Trek, yeah. Picard, who's actually on the negotiating committee with, uh, with the unions there. So, uh, if you want a follow on, uh, on Twitter or whatever the heck they're calling that now, uh, and to really keep up to date on a lot of the stuff going on, mm-hmm. check out Michelle Hurd's, um, tw- X, whatever the crap it's called, check out her Twitter page. I don't know, but you should talk to her. Yeah. That would be incredible. And, I mean, uh, yeah, if she's on the yeah. negotiating subcommittee, I'm not gonna, <laughs> probably busy too but she might be uh, a little busy yeah but uh, but uh, yeah she's she's right there in the thick of it and um yeah some incredible stuff going on just like raffi <laughs> just like raffi man in the thick of it it's almost like they they cast her well in that role yeah Weird. it's almost like she was probably one of the most interesting new star trek characters to come in a number of years well another thing that uh, we kind of obliquely mentioned but i want to talk about a little bit more and kind of dig into is uh conventions star trek conventions right that's that's a big part of uh, star trek fans life and will those actors still be going to conventions what will they be doing there now there was initially a bit of confusion in kind of the opening hours of the actors strike. There was some back and forth. There were several actors saying like, Oh, we can't go to conventions and some saying, Oh, I still think we can looking for guidance from the union. And the union actually did hand down specific guidelines for actors going to conventions. Now they are not allowed to do something like San Diego comic-con where they are sent there by the studios to promote X, Y, and Z, right? Or, mm. or anything like that. However, a convention such as Star Trek Las Vegas, like as you say, is, is probably happening as, as this is coming out, um, actors are able to attend. However, they are, there's some very specific rules about like what they can have on offer to sign. So they can't have any pictures 
on offer that are uh, currently struck work or, and they're not allowed to talk about currently struck work on stage. Now, when I read that, I was thinking, okay, so anything that's currently being made that's affected by the strike. But if you dig into that, their definition of struck work is any work that is currently being made or has been made in the past that if the strike happened would be affected. Like so, Picard, like a like another season of Picard or something even. Like another season of Picard or season two of Star Trek, the original series. So anything, um, which uh, very limiting as far as what they're able to discuss or talk about. So I'm, I'm guessing actors headshots will be pretty much all they're offering at their table. Mm-hmm. They do say that they are allowed to sign headshots or, or, you know, images from struck work that fans bring for them to sign. So, yeah. uh, those of you who are attending a convention this year, keep that in mind. Maybe you want to kind of get those things ahead of time. If yeah. that's something that you want, as far as the Q and a panels go though, um, I guess we're going to be learning a lot about, um, Gates McFadden's yoga routine and, <laughs> uh, Jonathan Frake's recipe for, <laughs> I don't know. Interesting times. I'd be really interested to see what one of those panels looks like. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing is, is we need to, again, kind of lower our expectations and be a little more patient there. Um, strikes are busy, busy times. So um, I appreciate mm-hmm. Armin Shimmerman. He kind of clarified and was like, well, no, the convention is different. Yada, yada. I appreciate that. But there are actors who are just simply going to be too busy. They can't, you know, necessarily, you know, they're not going to get any promotional flight, maybe from creation or they might get like their room and their flight comped and stuff. And that wouldn't be a conflict. I don't think, but you know, I I mean, yeah, this is going to tie some hands. It's going to be a little bit more awkward, but like, is this going to be any more awkward than when we just simply had to shut it down for COVID? <laughs> like, I guess yeah. like, <laughs> we can handle this. We can hack it. Let's be patient with the actors. Let's make sure that they feel some love. Like the ones who make it, like, I mean, I know all the STLV people are going to just totally crush it. It's going to be a wonderful get together. Everyone's going to be happy. And yeah, maybe, maybe this does give the actors a bit more of a chance to platform, though I'm sure creation doesn't want to get its fingers you know, muddy in all of this. So they're probably getting them to sign some kind of legalese form that basically says that I'm not going to promote the strike in any way, shape either. I'll just be neutral and yada, yada. But like, I don't know. You don't have a lot of time with them anyway when you're getting your picture taken. I don't think there will be a lot of time for those kind of larger conversations. And to be honest with you, I'd be real surprised if there was a Q&A. I think, mm-hmm. I think things are just going to be a little more truncated, um, maybe a little more squished, and there's going to be maybe a little more tension in the air. The STV crowd definitely knows how to cut that tension, so I'm not I'm not worried. Well, one uh, one other thing that I kind of wanted to talk about and we've touched on a little bit the idea of uh, making do with less over the next little while. And it's something we talked about a few episodes ago with Bruce Gibson as well, that, uh, you know, my, my prediction may be coming a little true. We're in for some leaner times when it comes to Star Trek. And I'm honestly of the opinion, I, I totally think that this is a, a very real possibility and will certainly work in some cases. I'm, I'm thinking the, the fact that fans and viewers are going to be uncomfortable with that and see less Star Trek is something that the studios are going to use in their favor 
to create pushback against the striking writers and actors. And I think we as Star Trek fans and everybody listening to this need to really be cognizant of that and really kind of push back against that idea and stand in solidarity with the people who are striking for basic living conditions, let's be honest (laughs) here. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the fact that we're, we might be going without, um, or with significantly less Star Trek in 2024, um, should not be a reason to turn on the people who really need our support right now. And those people are, as I've said, and will continue to say the writers and the actors who are currently striking. Well, I mean, and, and I know we're a positive podcast, but I'm sorry, but if you don't stand in solidarity with people who, again, are just looking for fair wages, fair benefits, job security, and, and, you know, the means to be able to live their lives, um, you're a pretty fickle person. I gotta say, (laughs) um, yuck. (laughs) Yeah. And, and by all means get angry that there is less Star Trek in 2024 and going forward, but direct that anger where it belongs, which is at the CEOs and the studios who are refusing to meet the demands of the strikers. Absolutely. And, and I guess like just to sort of put a little bow on top of that, there's a lot of things that we find inconvenient and not getting to show you like new episodes of, um, is inconvenient, but it's not, it's not existential, right? Like I'm a mm-hmm. lot more worried about crop failure right now and the wildfires. And apparently the Atlantic Ocean's main, um, current could like basically stop by 2025. And like, there's actual like existential things too. Like, I wouldn't say like, don't try not to worry, worry, but like at the same time, like perspective. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a lot of perspective. And like for myself, especially with the fickle nature of, um, these studios and their, their streaming platforms and everything else, I have made it my, my personal mission now that I am very slowly going to acquire from garage sale to flea market to actual retail outlets. Um, I am going to build a, my, my Star Trek DVD collection pretty much totally and have my own hard copies. Um, because I don't like playing this game of hopscotch. It's, it's definitely something that I've been more aware of. I've generally been picking up the, the Star Trek Blu-rays as they come out. Mm -hmm. Um, but there had been a couple holes in my collection that I have now, um, made plans to fill because yeah, Fool me once, shame on me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, they're not calling for a boycott of of the the studios um streaming services and stuff. But that is a possibility that may happen at some point and I would like to think that I a lot of us Star Trek fans will be willing and able to do that. But again, we're not there. Don't that don't cancel Paramount Plus because of this. Cancel yeah. it because they canceled Prodigy. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, interesting times. Uh, yeah. That's all I have to say. Great letters. We did yeah. that once and got season three of the original series. 100%. Actually, interestingly, in, in kind of uh, somewhat related news, the current petition to uh, save Star Trek Prodigy has now passed the petition to cast Anson Mount in a Star Trek series that became Strange New Worlds. And it has also passed the petition to renew the Orville, uh, which had had happened at the time. So 
Uh, interesting, interesting stuff. Paramount, uh, you know, maybe made a bit of a mistake there, but yeah, uh, maybe they should eat some crow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, is there anything else uh, that we want to say regarding the strike before we move on to the week's news? Other than just solidarity with with all working people who are trying to live their lives and make ends meet and be able to live with dignity and and have have a little leftover for some fun. I mean, I don't think that's a lot to ask in this world. And actors are people <laughs> and and writers <laughs> are people and they're they're just trying to to get stuff that they need for their lives. And the majority of actors aren't filthy rich, you know, whatever's they're they're just people like you and me. And um they could they could use a lot of support and solidarity here. Same thing though with UPS strikers, any other strikers who are currently fighting for um a better future, right? Like that's what we gotta look for and look toward. One hundred percent. Yeah, for every Brad Pitt, there are literally thousands of people that are just trying to make ends meet in this profession and it's it's tough out there, guys. Solidarity for yeah. sure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Thank you so much for downloading this episode of Positively Trek. We truly do appreciate each and every one of our listeners. And I'd like to especially thank our Patreon supporters. Thank you to our Constitution Class supporters, Jim Stoffel, Joyce Marin, and Paul D. Kinnear. If you'd like to become a supporter of Positively Trek and join our crew, please go to patreon.com slash positivelytrek. You can get early access to episodes, exclusive content, shoutouts, associate producer credits, ad-free episodes and more again that's patreon.com slash positively trek thank you all and live long and prosper let's talk about some news there's some cool things coming up there are and the first one i want to talk about has to do with star trek strange new worlds and this is a confirmation of something that was suspected when all of the episode titles for the season leaked a few months back uh, the second last episode of the season is entitled Subspace Rhapsody, and it is indeed confirmed to be a musical. <laughs> and Paramount released a uh, trailer for that episode. 
will celebrate with song. of all of us being here at this time. It's improbable, and yet. Here we are. It's okay. I liked Buffy's musical episode back in the day. So I personally, and, and just kind of the, the tone that strange new worlds is setting, obviously um, there's a certain amount that it just doesn't take itself very seriously. And I appreciate that. We can really see that the, the, the Paramount has definitely noticed that strange new worlds and lower decks are definitely like the big shining stars for everyone right now. So they're definitely going to like drive that one all the way home. I don't know. It's either either it's going to hit or it's going to miss. Like the, it's hard to it's hard to get it, get a musical episode in the middle. I think mm-hmm. that's exactly what I said to Brandy when we were talking about this on the live show uh, earlier too. Which is I'm going to watch this and I'm going to enjoy watching every minute minute of it because yeah, it's either going to be amazing. Or it's going to be a glorious train wreck. Either way, (laughs) it's going to be worth watching. Um, I mean, I I have trust in the folks who uh, produce, star in, and write uh, Strange New Worlds. They haven't let me down yet. It's an incredible show. They've they've really captured lightning in a bottle with these uh, actors and and these writers and what they've put out so far. So I don't see why I wouldn't trust them to do an amazing job with this as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I'm, I'm pretty excited, um, to, to, to get little changes and stuff like that. And, um, I just, as of recording this again, just today, I saw the Barbie movie. So I'm ready for some high concept stuff. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a weird movie. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Well, yeah, Subspace Rhapsody, as I said, is the second last episode of the season. It airs on Thursday, August 3rd. So when this episode comes out, it'll be the next uh, episode to air of Strange New Worlds. And uh, along with the actual episode itself, they are releasing the Subspace Rhapsody soundtrack. So on the news story that I've put in the show notes, there is a link in there to pre-save the Subspace Rhapsody soundtrack on your preferred digital music streaming platform. So (laughs) I, I bet you that'll be worth it. And that'll be pretty cool. Well, moving on from Strange New Worlds, we have a new season of Lower Decks coming, and that is coming in September. So hot on the heels of the end of uh, season two of Strange New Worlds. And we've got a trailer for season four as well. At the edge of the universe. Starfleet intercepted a distress call. Command thinks could be related to the recent attacks. At the brink of destruction. The attacks have all been non-Federation ships, but now someone's targeting Starfleet. They're sending the Cerritos? I guess we're finally getting some respect. Uh, oh, oh, man, I have to start with holodeck waste removal. Blech. Your odor will be repulsive. 
These are the voyages of the crew of the Starship Cerritos. We're all such a good team. We finish each other. Dial Fantine Equations. <laughs> Don't get too used to this kind of work. Promotions are coming up, and I think you'll be very happy. Wait, really? As long as nothing goes sideways today. All part of the ambiance. On September 7th. Maybe. Holy f They will have one chance. Ah. We'll be friends no matter what our ranks are. That's an order. Yes, ma'am. To prove huh. that they can be more. We've worked together for years. I trust you. <laughs> then simply... Lower decks! Lower decks! Slow down! Slow down! This is nothing compared to, you know, that Pike thing we aren't supposed to talk about. A new season of Star Trek Lower Decks. Oh man, am I in the game? Move along home. Alamorain, count to four. This trailer, I, I Barry, have you seen the yeah, trailer yet? It is okay. it is <laughs> <laughs> it really hypes you up and and there's there's some so many again i need like a clipboard for all of the references that just oh, just, just it's like it's hard to catch them all i feel like i feel like you know like a, a person in like a money tunnel it's really hard to to gather or get what you want it's it's sort of like reference uh it's like uh, remember barry whack-a-mole i mean ransom and shacks in troy and crusher's <laughs> workout outfits is of course the image that has been shared all across the internet since this trailer dropped but one thing that uh, wasn't spoiled for me about this trailer until I watched it was that uh, Move Along Home Alamorane game right at the very end of the trailer, yeah. which blew my mind because uh, unlike a lot of people, I freaking love that episode. <laughs> Mike McMahon has definitely shown us that he is a huge Star Trek fan. His writing team um, handle everything with a lot of love, but that sort of irreverence as well that I think we really like as a fandom. We don't totally take ourselves very seriously, um, which I think is the best part about the Star Trek fandom. And so, yeah, I think this is, again, each each season of Lower Decks has been a a very tongue-in-cheek love story, and I'm ready for another one. This, this is going to be fun. Yeah. I, I agree. And uh, I mean, even the, the meta references and stuff, the poster that was just released for it. Yes. The Star Trek four poster, which they did with uh, Star Trek three and season three as well. Um, and even that trailer, the, the old Star Trek, the next generation promos. Yes. Was I was, so I, good. I was going to bring that up that it's like, it, it sounds like the commercials from way back in the day. Exactly. On an all new Star Trek. The yeah. next generation. Yeah. 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 So good. <laughs> oh, man. Very Can't good. wait for that. Well, this was another piece of news that came out of San Diego Comic-Con. Apparently, Lower Decks is headed to the big screen for Star Trek Day. And also an interactive novel is coming in 2024. So let's dig into this because um, <laughs> John Van Sitters, who's the vice president of Star Trek brand development, said this about Lower Decks showing in the theater on Star Trek Day. We're very excited about the opportunity to put Lower Decks up on the big screen for fans to experience as cartoons are meant to be on a 70-foot screen, <laughs> luminescent. 
It's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. At first I was wondering, I was like, is it going to be that it's an interactive, is it going to be an interactive show on the, on the big screen or is it just episodes? I'm, I'm trying to. So the, the big screen thing, it's just the first two episodes, uh, showing on the screen. Now the interactive thing has to do with uh, a novel that's coming out, uh, in 2024, and it's I, as far as I can tell, it's kind of like the uh, choose your own adventure novels, right? But it's a lower deck style novel, which uh, is interesting. Did did you read a lot of those when you were a kid? Because they were a staple of oh, yes. uh, of classroom libraries when I was young. Oh yeah, uh, choose your own adventure became my my love with role playing games and stuff like that. Nice, yeah. And then I played that weird game suzerain that i mentioned a ways back which is really just a choose your own adventure 100 percent. yeah i remember there was even a star trek choose your own adventure i don't i think it was the the competing brand whatever that was called um that made similar type books but there was a star trek one where i think you beamed aboard the enterprise as an ensign on your first day or something (laughs) like that and of course, uh, you're probably in a red shirt, so there were several ways in which it could have ended very badly. Fair enough. Well, even but, this most uh, latest game of Star Trek is kind of a choose-your-own-adventure to some degree, right? Absolutely, yeah. I think you can dra- draw a direct line from those books to those Telltale-style uh, video games, as they call them. So, yeah. No, I'm excited for it. This this is an interesting piece. I would love to see more Star Trek on the big screen. Um, I'd love to. Honestly, I've always wanted to see the motion picture on, on the big screen. I think that's where it belongs. Uh, mm-hmm. Cinematic and, and beautiful and luminescent, as uh, Mr. Mansitters would say. Um <laughs> I think that uh, I think again, you know, this is this is them trying to kind of like triangulate their brand a bit. Um, it's very clear that people can get to theaters a lot now. Um, people want to go to theaters, and I think this is another really good way. Like you could catch a few people uh, on this as well, just being like, "Okay, I've heard about this. I like Rick and Morty. Let's see what this is all about." Um, mm-hmm. I've thought about that of like imagine being a person getting into Lower Decks or Star Trek right now. You know, even if it is during the actor's strike, like, wow, look at the catalog that you can go back on. Well, I mean, even that that recent episode of of Strange New Worlds with the crossover, Mm -hmm. I have seen more than one comment online from people saying, like, I never watched Lower Decks, but wow, I'm going to check it out now. That was hilarious. So, yeah, uh, they're they're doing some things to kind of try and gin up some uh, some love and support here. I actually remember back when it was the, the original series, they were releasing the uh, remastered versions with the new visual effects. And one of the things they released in the theater was the menagerie two-parter. And they put that on the big screen. And that was honestly so much fun. I loved watching classic TOS on the big screen. That was wild. Oh, same here. It's a treat to say the least, an absolute treat. Yeah, I can't imagine, you know, Mariner up on a 70-foot screen. That'd be great. <laughs> uh, well, our final piece of news is is a bit of sad news. And, and again, we've kind of not made an episode in the last couple of weeks. This is a little bit older news, but I did want to mention it. Um, Manny Cotto, who 
was a, a writer producer in Hollywood, um, known for 24 an American horror story and to star Trek fans, uh, as having worked on the final two seasons of star Trek enterprise. And in fact, being the showrunner for season four of enterprise, which is hailed by many fans as, uh, the outright by far best season of that show, uh, passed away at the age of 62 earlier this month. So, uh, definitely, uh, mourning the loss of someone who's had a huge influence on Star Trek uh, and also reading a bit of his bio, Star Trek had a huge influence on him and actually got him into uh, writing as a young man. So um, definitely sorely missed a very uh, talented and uh, creative individual there. Yeah, well, he wrote one of my favorite Star Trek episodes of Ep- Enterprise, uh, In a Mirror Darkly. I think he mm. did part two and just absolute banger. Yeah, he was a very talented, uh, uh, very talented writer, um, director and a producer. And um, yeah, he he uh, he takes his place uh, on that uh, on that crew that uh, others have uh, have joined as well. So uh, farewell. You, you did a fantastic job, sir. Absolutely. Well, that's all that I have for this week's episode. Barry, it's so great to have you back on the show and, and have uh, things going again. Um, where can people find you? How, how are you navigating this current, I don't know what the word is, uh, obstacle course of social media these days? <laughs> It's hard. I got to say it's hard. Um, I'm going to be a little more present again on Facebook now that I'm back home. It's just, uh, it's not easy. It's not, uh, it's not a place that I find myself really, um, really connecting or enjoying a lot uh, on social media. There's just a lot of negativity there. So you can find me here always. Um, and if you really need to contact me or ask me a question or something, just, you know, throw it on the chat. If I don't see it, Dan will let me know uh, and I can pop on or something like that. But, uh, just know that, um, you know, I see you all, I, I, you know, love everyone who listens and I'm so happy that, uh, that you, you, you think our, our, our takes are, are worth a listen. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can find me on the, the Star Trek positively Trek uh, group pretty much exclusively if I'm anywhere on social media. You know, there's a, there's a podcast I listen to called no such thing as a fish and it's, uh, for, um, behind the scenes people who work on a British show called QI and they bring their best facts, their most interesting facts of the week. And at the end of every episode, they all list their, their Twitter handles. And it's like, so-and-so can be found on, Oh, you can find me on blah, 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 blah. And the, the, the final host, uh, the, uh, one of the women hosts, Anna Tuchinsky, she always says, you can reach me at podcast at QI.com because she refuses to go on Twitter. Uh, so, you can reach us at positivelytrek at gmail.com. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be on Twitter or the podcast's going to be on Twitter or whatever they're calling it these days. Maybe it's my old man yells at cloud moment, but I think <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm feeling pretty done too. Um, but other than that, in this time of, of you know uncertainty and everything like that, I know our motto is stay positive, but really, truly try to find things you love out there. Um, try to, try to find happiness and joy. And there is joy in a little bit of resistance here and there. So, uh. Yeah, let's, uh, let's celebrate some of those, uh, those times that Star Trek has really espoused that sort of thing. Like, you know, recall Rom starting that union in bar association. Yeah. 
Uh, recall that meme of Kira charging her phaser with the caption, this machine kills fascists. <laughs> let's, let's celebrate all of that stuff. Um, even the, the t-shirt that they put out as part of the merch for the, what you leave behind documentary they did where it's Kira as Che Guevara. Yeah. Let's, let's celebrate all of that stuff. And, uh, let's end it instead of stay positive. Let's end this episode with solidarity. Solidarity. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.